This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always from ESPN in West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz. And catch him in the mornings, ESPN 1000 down in Chicago. And I can attest, especially in Milwaukee, he does certainly get booed more than Dom Dom. He is our resident heel, Jonathan Hood. Um. I, I mean, I don't even know what you have to do necessarily to get booed down in Puerto Rico. Apparently, be Bianca Belair. She was like the only <laughs> person they were booing during that. I mean, even Damian Priest got a little bit of love because he is Puerto Rican. Um, but Backlash was, to me, guys, a blast. It was electric the entire night. So if you had to describe Backlash in one word, Backlash was blank, how would you describe it? It was electric. So what I'd told you last week i was really really hoping gabe that you, you and your wife got a chance to go look when you haven't been in a place in 17 18 years you couldn't wait to see the wwe come back in action here's how you know so it's been so long of the entrance with the nexus shirt that's the last time that they've been there you know the guy at the end i did <laughs> And also, off to the side, there was a, 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 a world championship wrestling on the back <laughs> where the big boys play. I can't believe last time that there's been big time wrestling on the island. So you know that they're ready for it, right? Here, because that's all they had. I mean, it's not, not like they, they didn't go to WWE shop like they should have got Nexus and WCW stuff. So to it to. To, in a word, definitely, and so much fun for the fans there. Yeah, I think fun is the perfect word, and like to sort of expand on that, I think it's proof of what a good crowd can do to a show. Because we've talked a lot with some of these premium live events that aren't the major four pay-per-views of, hey, they're just, you know, expanded Raws. They're glorified house shows. And when you look at this card and you look at the results, there wasn't really anything surprising. All the favorites won. There was no title changes. Like, it was just a straightforward show. Uh, well, I was going to say not. Well, I mean, like maybe maybe the Vegas favorites, but not the not the crowd favorites. Oh, right, EO, yeah, not the crowd favorites. Because yeah. EO Sky did not win, and, <laughs> and I was, Selena did not win. But yes, like the Vegas favorites, everyone I, won. I was so not expecting is, EO to be that over. I wasn't expecting I, her to be that over. Like I agree. And I hope it continues going forward, man. Because she put on a hell of a match. Like good for her. She was she was spectacular in that opening match. So that's the thing, though. Like, it was a straightforward show, but because of the crowd, like, we look back on it, and we were having so much fun Saturday. Sports Illustrated with the headline, quote, Puerto Rico crowd made pay-per-view one of the best ever. Like, there wasn't stuff that you look at, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm always going to remember this. But the crowd is what we're always going to remember, and that made Saturday night to where I want mania there. Like, let's just do more in Puerto Rico. Obviously, it'll go down from time as they see it more, but that was a blast on Saturday. So... I watched the Bad Bunny entrance video that WWE put out on, on Twitter probably 6,242 times. Like, it was <laughs> a lot. All right? Like, I just wanted to absorb it as much as I could. And then I've gone back, and I, I tried to compare it to Sammy in Montreal, and then when CM Punk came back for AEW in Chicago at the first dance down at the United Center, because they sold out the United Center just for CM Punk. It was the loudest pop I can... Like it's on the level. So, the, the, and maybe we can do this at, at some other time because I'm really curious to see what you guys would, would think and, and what ones come to mind. 
like the loudest pops that you can think of. And to me, number one on my list for the longest time was Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out when Mick Foley won his championship um, in, in the Attitude Era. You know, when, you know, the, all sorts of shenanigans going on, Stone Cold comes out, hits the rock with the steel chair, places like just up for grabs the entire time. The energy that that Puerto Rico crowd had leading up to the Bad Bunny Damian Priest match, and then to have the energy that they had during that entrance, it's the coolest entrance I've ever seen. The literally, the entire crowd singing every word perfectly. <laughs> like a lot of times, and we've seen this, you know, because we have a lot of sing alongs, you know, we have the Sami Zayn entrance, we have the Seth Rollins entrance. To be able to sing and be as rhythmic as they were, like it, it was just. Perfect. I sent it to everyone I, I could think of, like friends <laughs> that typically come over just for the Royal Rumble. I'm like, guys, you got to check this out. And it inspired them to then go back the next day and watch some of the shenanigans that happened in Puerto Rico, because I, I am still to this day buzzing and I am still humming that song to myself. As I walk through the hallways of GKB in Milwaukee, people look at me like I'm weird, but I don't care because I'm pumped up and I'm feeling electric just thinking about that entrance over and over and over again. Yeah, I think about it every like hourly, just thinking about it. But it, it's a far different reason, right? In in, in wrestling before, um, what comes to mind is Hogan and Rock once they both yeah in the ring before they even touched. Yep. There was this big ovation, and the crowd in Toronto was just in. Many times in the eighties, where the Road Warriors would come out, and like your ears would bleed because you get Iron Man. Didn't matter, especially. In Chicago, I mean, they would be uh, have a sustained war for them. But this big pride, it wasn't the heavyweight champion coming out. It was the heavyweight champion of Puerto Rico. And that's the difference, right? Roman couldn't get that. Brock Lesnar couldn't get that. get that. But here's Bad Bunny, who's from the country, by the way, who is a megastar, and he gets that. And you, I mean, there's nothing like that. I, I'd love to hear what Bad Bunny thinks of that because he gala, I mean, he's at F1, but probably nothing can match the energy of 19,000 people. He's performed in front of millions, but that in a wrestling arena? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you talk about like just people being from there. Like Earlier in the night, the pop for Savio Vega just appearing on screen, and then he got yeah. it again when he came out. Carlito, you know, jokingly saying the fact that his booking price has gone up now after that reaction because he's going to play that for bookers. Like, hey, look how over I am. Like, they were so into everything. Zelina being emotional in the ring to the point when we were texting about it, it started from the jump. It started with that EO match, and Gabe, you said, they're going to be tired by the time this match rolls around. They kept going. It was a party all damn night. Now, because WWE has to WWE, my yeah. bad buddy should have gone on last, right? And what are you God, doing? God bless them. God bless that crowd because they tried to keep it going and they they had it for a little bit when Sammy yeah. came out. You know, everybody's yelling, let's go and singing the Sammy song. But as that match continued to progress, they had kind of lost it. Like they, I mean, it, it, which is fair because think of it. <laughs> Think about all the ginormous pops that are going to be in the, take out Bad Bunny's entrance. 
because that's going to be in a category of its own. But you mentioned when Vega came out and then Carlito comes out and then everybody is out there. Like all the different, you know, LWO comes out. Like they were just going crazy thinking about all the things that happened just in the middle of that match before then bad bunny finally goes over and then they come back out. Like how can you not be exhausted after that crowd gave everything they had for bad bunny versus Damian? Damian? I will say I felt bad for LWO because you had those reactions for bad bunny and the legends. And then they came out and it's like, all right, they're there. Like I've seen a lot of tweets saying that they were so invested when Eddie's music hit, they thought somehow WWE had pulled that off. Like somehow like (laughs) here's Eddie, like they're doing everything. They're pulling out all the tricks. Like, they rolled it all out. There was a gimmicky match, but it was fun. Hologram Eddie, like that's yeah. what. <laughs> Why not yeah, at that man. point? I, I was trying to think of another example of civic pride when it comes to wrestling. And the only thing I come up with is um, the Calgary Stampede for WWE when you had the Hart Foundation, you had Brian Pillman and Owen Hart and Bret Hart and like, like that whole family against Stone Cold Steve Austin and late yeah. 90s and then like the whole all the hearts like a hundred hearts the stew the ring that was a big event uh and for a calgary stampede but i think the wwe should have known from friday from smackdown you had this bad bunny match than anything else we do this you is didn't a friday. Friday. you didn't need friday like right. literally just watch the just watch any online clip of any Bad Bunny concert ever, especially like there was one time, there was one video where he played in Puerto Rico. I think it was outside and they did one of those panning camera shots the way they did. Um, you know, they're going over the crowd as everybody's singing the song. Like it seemed like it went on forever. Like during one of his concerts, like I think you knew, you already knew how a his entrance, you had uh, Samantha Irvin say the most streamed artist in the world. So you already know he's a big deal and you're putting in front of his home folks like, yeah, Hunter, you, you swung and missed on this one. Like, I understand you were trying, you're, you're trying to further the story and they did on Monday Night Raw with Brock and Cody and doing that whole thing. But that wasn't more important than Bad Bunny on Saturday night. Like, lean into that. Lean into You know how the Cody match is ending. Like, that was how you're ending that night. Like, the random, like, just roll up where he catches Brock off guard. Like, what are you doing there? And then you put two matches after Bunny. Like, that six-man, that wasn't a co-main event. You know, it was a double main event, but you had three matches. Like, just like you said, WWE is going to WWE in that situation. Yeah, even though... No, I see. No, I was, I was going to say no Intercontinental, no Tag Team Heavyweight, uh, no Heavyweight Championship, I see this defendant. And so because of that, it was such a special event that Bad should have been the main event. I think it made Bad Bunny, but also I think it made Damian Priest as well. Oh, 100%. Yep. So, so yeah. yeah. For, for Damian Priest, I think, and even though he ended up not winning on Monday Night Raw, like, when you are put in that situation, and even more than the Cody, the the um, Kevin Owens situation last year's Mania with Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, where you have to protect this person because you know Bad Bunny's got a different gig that pays the mortgage. Um, when you have to be able to protect him and still be able to put him over and sell for him, everything Damian Priest did was spectacular. You know, the, the spot where, you know, they're up on, you know, all the different sound equipment boxes and they jumped at like, 
He protected Bad Bunny fantastic, but still was able to make him look great and put him over. And again, a lot of that credit goes to Bad Bunny as well, because this is this is real to him too, damn it. And it, it was it was cool to see one of the biggest stars in the world buy into something that from the outside world can be looked at as gimmicky as much as we love professional wrestling. You know, when whenever I tell someone, oh, I have a pro wrestling podcast, really? You know, that likes that's typically the reaction that you get from people. So to see one of the greatest stars of today internationally in Bad Bunny to buy in as much as he did, we knew he would. We already knew how how much he loves professional wrestling and in, in, in particular the WWE. Like it was yeah, was it gimmicky? Of course it was, but it had to be. But it was spectacular. It was what what Triple H and Vince have always said. When WWE can put on a show, that's what they did. That wasn't a wrestling match. It was a show. And it was a wildly entertaining show that the crowd intensified for me watching it. Yeah, and that's it. Like, I think Bad Bunny and Logan Paul have sort of ruined it for all celebrity wrestlers moving forward. Because they've shown that you can show up. And if you put in the work... It's going to look good. And when it comes to Priest, a lot of reports this week that the higher-ups are very high on him after this week. Me, personally, when we talk about our match of the week later, like, as fun as the street fight was, I love this match on Monday, being part of the triple threat with Rollins and Nakamura. Like, that is two matches in a three-day span where he knocked it out of the park. And I think the future for him now is going to look pretty bright, and it's because of situations like this. Uh, Bad Bunny is the best... And it's not even close, guys. Say that it's, again. It's Bad Bunny is the greatest um, celebrity wrestler we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to fight back on that. Like, and I mean, the crowd's not going to be as over for him and other, you know, that over, but he's going to be, the, he'll be over at other places just as much as the top WWE stars. Like, I mean, because that's the thing. He's proven, and Logan Paul has as well. Like, they can go in the ring. Like, it's one thing to be in that home area and get that pop and, you know, benefit off of that. But these are guys that can actually wrestle now. Like, you can put them in the ring, and you're like, all right, like, this is okay. This is fun to watch. And then you get everyone. Like, you get us as a wrestling fan invested. You get the non-wrestling fan. It's like, oh, yeah, I know Bad Bunny. Let me watch this. Like, you are covering a lot of bases in a situation like that. Yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. And, yes, I think it was, to me, the pay-per-view of the year. Like, well, yep, I'm going to say pay-per-view of the year. I'm going to put it over Elimination Chamber because, again, I still think Sammy should have gone over that night. And, you know, you tried to save it at the end. Again, but WWE screwed this up, not as bad, by not putting Bad Bunny on last. But um, those those are, are right up there in terms of the top two of the year for me. And, and a lot of that has to do with the Montreal crowd and, of course, yep. the San Juan Puerto Rico crowd that we saw. So that was one of the – it was a spectacular night of wrestling, but we have a lot of other things we need to touch on in this week's episode. We like to call it the three count, the other top three stories going on in the world of professional wrestling. Brian, what do we have at number one? Backlash was the first post-WrestleMania premium live event. Bruce Pritchard, who knows a thing or two about booking WrestleMania, is on his Something to Wrestle With podcast, said, quote, different people look at WrestleMania in different ways. Some people look at it as the end. Some people look at it as the beginning. So there's a lot of both. So, guys, is WrestleMania the beginning or the end of stories? I think it's the end. Like, that's that's what you're always building up towards. That's what everything is building up to, right? Like, you have WrestleMania season building up. That's where feuds are. And, and you have some, you know, some different feuds that kind of scra- you know straggle after. But that's a lot of times the definitive end. For the biggest story that they told, 
in terms of the bloodline, I mean, the bloodline is continuing because the WWE is, you know, you're always going. But in terms of Cody Rhodes versus the bloodline, that was the biggest story that they were telling going into WrestleMania. It was definitively the end. And then they told us it was definitively the end when they put Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw and the bloodline on SmackDown. They've been separated. That is, the WrestleMania to me will always be the end of the biggest stories and feuds that they've been telling. It, it, it kind of signified... And, and and now I kind of look at the the six man tag thing that they did with um, Sammy Ko and then throwing Riddle in there um, on at at, at uh, WrestleMania Backlash like that was just kind of an epilogue you know like it was kind of oh it was postscript like because you kind of ended a little bit of Sammy Ko being able to get one over on the Bloodline as well. I uh, I think that's it's interesting. I think because of Vince's booking, it's random. It could be the beginning. It could be the end, bro. It's yeah. When you think about it, right? Okay, so Cody, for an example, Cody Rhodes. So at WrestleMania, it wasn't story is continuing, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Hogan Rock earlier was that that was the end of the story for, for Hogan because he beat. So there's, I guess it depends on the booking because it's always random with Vince. But I think there's, you know, there's sort of two lights. Like I think if we think about it in TV terms, like WrestleMania should be the season finale. Like it's the end. Like Gabe mentioned, the road to Mania. So from January through April, you're building up to this. It's the end of the season, and then you're starting a new season, which involves new stories. So Cody, yes, there's the overlaying fact of he's still chasing the dream and finishing the story, but it's a different story. The Sammy and KO stuff, like it's going to be a different story. I don't know if they've figured it out yet. But, like, that's sort of just speaking to WWE where I don't know if they've thought through things. Like, the bloodline is the best thing they have in terms of long-term storytelling. Even that's sort of getting, you know, run dry at this point. But so much of it is like, oh, yeah, we're going to do new things, but maybe we don't right now. Like, it does go down to them. But to me, it has to be the season finale. And then we start a new, especially because we don't get those breaks in wrestling because it's year-round. Like, these, this is typically the time where it's like, all right, it's a little bit of a downtime before we get to August again at SummerSlam. Yeah, you're, you're going to start building towards SummerSlam. And in, in, in terms of talking about it as a TV show, like, yeah, there are certain things that you, you have cliffhangers. There are certain right. things that carry over. But, you know, a lot of a lot of seasons just have a cyclical thing where there is going to be an end, but you have to continue the story somehow. So, yeah, some things I'm with you are going to continue to go on after WrestleMania because of the cyclical nature uh, of what the WWE is. But the, the most important stories, again, to me, when, when you're talking about the most important stories are typically going to be around the world heavyweight champion, whoever that is, whoever a company is. And that story, you know, usually again, that, 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 that involves, um, you know, starting at the Royal Rumble and, and, you know, that, that part of the story, whoever wins the Rumble, like that is going to definitively come to an end because someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And you just kind of go on from there. And especially having the draft now, like the draft to me, that, that signifies something new within WWE. But I think more often than not, like the ones that don't, end up at Mania that aren't finished at Mania or the ones we're disappointed about. Like Cody, we wanted to win the title because it was the end of the story. And then we start a new story of him moving forward and being, you know, the champion and now being the hunted. The ones that don't end are the ones are like, oh, that's sort of disappointed. Like I thought this would be over at this point. <laughs> it's fun. So what's the what's new the new story? Uh, because we see Zoe Stark on Raw. 
Then right. like nobody can see this. And there's nothing coming out of this, Gabe. Like, yes, what we see, we know wrestlers are, but what out of this draft that because we see the same wrestlers either on either brand, Raw or SmackDown. I just gonna be a changing of the game. Nothing's really changed that much. Well, I guess, I mean, to me, a lot of that is going to be answered with Roman actually being on SmackDown this week. Like, is there going to be dissension? Is there going to be a split of the bloodline, even though they're all on the same show? Like, that that to me is kind of the next step there, that they had to try to figure out a way to four-quarter offense it until they got Roman Reigns to come back, right? Because you can't have, you can't have like Solo and, and Paul Heyman going into business for themselves. You need, if, if there's going to be a split or if there's going to be a reconciliation, whatever you want to call it, Roman Reigns has to be there. And if Roman Reigns wasn't contractually obligated to be there, well, then you got to do a little tap dancing. It's called the bloodline Hoosiers. Is that what you said? The four-quarter offense? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you just did? That. That's what I, mean. I mean, I know what you're saying because you're trying to stretch this out as long. So the next shoe to drop with this is Solo, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Solo, or, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're teasing the stuff, but like what comes, like Solo by himself, like the Usos you assume are going to stick together. And is Roman going to be around to be a part of all that? Or is that going to be a one-off? And then you also have the SmackDown guys that are competing for the Raw World title. And, like, just so much of their booking sometimes feels like, we don't really thought this through. Like, let's just throw it together and eventually we'll figure it out. Like, it's just very odd. Yeah, like, they have these big grand plans, but they don't actually think them out. And we want to give, especially Hunter, credit for having an idea. And he keeps talking about trying to tell long-term, meaningful stories the way that they have with the bloodline. And they're starting to with Cody Rhodes because he is, you know, he he loses. And now he's hit the road bump with Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar continues to be a thorn in his side as he tries to pursue some sort of world championship inside of WWE. So they've done it in some places but they still haven't brought everybody else up to speed and bringing everything else. I'm, I'm, like, Imperium, are they actually going to be feuding with Sammy and KR? Or is that just a one-off on Raw? Because, well, well we don't have to do that. Like, why need... throw that away on Monday? Yeah. My guess is it's, yeah, my guess is it's not anything significant because it kind of like, it kind of felt like just a throwaway. A contenders match just to see if Imperium can measure up and all four can go. So there was no, mm-hmm. it seemed like, more of a pay-per-view to me. It's just, um, I'm just fascinated at the WWE talk about constantly on this show. Bloodline, what's happening with the Judgment Day, and then and Cody Rhodes and him going for the story. And, and of course, the celebrity gets celebrity. I mean, that's really four things that's going on for the WWE. And I'm looking for more. Like, other things like AEW, but I'm looking for a little bit more on both shows for, for balance, so that way I can't wait to see that. But it, it is. It, I'm not old, old school. I like what's happening with wrestling. Like the most interesting thing we saw at a backlash was a celebrity, Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. What about the guys that are busting their ass and the women are busting their ass every day? Like, well, can we get something there as a as an interesting storyline? Like, like when she came to the ring was. That on Monday Night Raw, I'm going there. Is she a serious contender? Like, no. No. But the, to me, the second best thing that happened at Backlash was the opening match, and we got to wait for SmackDown for that. 
even though it appears are they, are they just going to keep it this way? Are they just going to keep the the just raw rename women's rename them? Like I don't understand why they don't just rename them. Because it, it appears yeah. that the SmackDown Women's Champion and Rhea, they're not going to. She's just going to be the SmackDown Women's Champion wrestling on Raw. And I'm guessing when we see Bianca <laughs> on Friday, she's going to be the Raw Women's Champion, just happening to be wrestling on SmackDown. I doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but maybe they after they realized it was such a disaster the last time they tried to do the handoff with Becky and Charlotte that they don't want to do that. I. I have just no idea. rename them, but like that goes to my point about them not really knowing what they're doing. Like they announced the tag champions are just going to go on both shows. The world title, they're going to create a whole new one. Like it makes no sense. And when it comes to WWE booking, like you mentioned, Cody and Brock, are you confident Cody's going to go over Brock a second time, or are we going to end up having to watch this for a third time? No, we're going to watch it a third time. Oh, no. Brock's going to win, and then we'll have the rubber match. <laughs> yeah, well, Brock's got to get his win back. Yeah, right. Brock. Brock must get his win. Question about that. Um. Just one bit of, of clarification for, for the average wrestling fan. Don't be asking for Bianca Belair heel run. Just because she was booed in Puerto Rico doesn't not do that. There's support for Yellow Sky because people know that she's going to turn. She'll be, but that, that was just to me. You know about one offs. That Bianca is she a future heel? Not based on that match. She didn't expect that. I saw the look on her face. Let's not do Why this. Why would she? Thing. No, she's that, because when she goes back to Duke of Kentucky, she'll be a baby. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't blame her for having that reaction, Jay Hood, just because like she's been wildly cheered everywhere she goes. I wasn't expecting it. Like, I watch this every week too, man. Like, I was not expecting. I was not expecting the John Cena. You know, hit yeah. back and forth with the cheers going to EO Sky and the booze going to Bianca. And and to Bianca's credit, once she like let it sink in because it was a little shocking at first, she leaned into it, man. Like not that she leaned into like the like she wasn't to go full heel or anything because that's not part of her character, but she like became more comfortable with it as the show rolled on and kind of leaned into it a hair. If you're, like it could have been. Austin Bret Hart. It easily could have been, right? What? Let's go with this. But I don't know if EO Sky understands that, right? And I don't know if the WWE could have been easily. They're booing me. Okay, I'm going to give you the high spots. And I'll fight from underneath. It was designed for EO to be the heel, obviously, and Bianca to be the baby face. But there where they couldn't switch. But Bianca went with it. She still did her did her thing. But I'm just going by what like, oh, Bianca, a heel. No, no, you won't be no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, she cannot be a heel. What do we got at number two on the three count, Brian? Monday night, the tournament for the WWE world title got underway. Seth Rollins beat Nakamura and Priest, and Damian Priest in a triple threat match. Finn Balor beat Cody and Miz, and later that night, Seth Rollins knocking off Finn. On Friday night, we will see AJ Styles versus Edge versus Rey Mysterio. And Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley and Sheamus. The winners will face each other at Night of Champions. How would you guys have booked this tournament? Um, not put it on SmackDown. <laughs> start there. Oh, like like, like Theory. I I don't understand why SmackDown has to be involved in this. This is a Raw exclusive title. Uh -huh. We just did the draft. Uh -huh. I understood. Like it's so. 
Seth Rollins is winning. You you already telegraphed to me that Seth Rollins is winning because why on earth would you do a draft, put someone on SmackDown just to draw them back to Raw? Like, why would you do that? And you just had the final right away between Finn and Seth, which was fun. But now I know Seth Rollins is going to be the first ever, the next ever, I don't know what the lineage is, world champion on WWE, Monday Night Raw. Like, whoever ends up representing SmackDown is not winning that match. It's just not happening. And it's not like after the draft, they're lacking names that they could have made an eight-man traditional bracket out of right. this to kind of drag it out even longer because, oh, by the way, we're still a ways away from Night of Champions. You know, so yeah, you have the six that participated. On top of that, you could have put Gunter, much like Austin Theory's in the tournament, could have put Gunter into the tournament. Braun Strowman's a former ch- uh, world champ that's on Monday Night Raw. Drew McIntyre is a former champ that's on Monday Night Raw. Jinder Mahal is a former champ that maybe they're looking to push a little bit, but you can just throw him in the tournament. He loses right away, Jay Hood. I'm not saying he competes. I'm just saying you put him in there initially because it looked like, look, they gave him a package, a backstage package this week on Monday Night Raw. Why not throw him in a match? Or you could do something with KO or Sammy and whoever they're feuding with costs them a match down the line. But there, there were options i'm just saying to pick one of two of those guys out of the ones i just listed to make it an eight-man tournament and keep this thing exclusive to monday night raw because the belt is exclusive to monday night raw you're also going to get the build on both shows right moving forward because it's going to be two weeks of trying to set up for rollins versus whoever you need them on both shows for remote right i i guess i i um (laughs) i'm confused me bro is the Two three-way dances. Yeah. Like, do you need that? That's so what Gabe laid out makes more sense. To have two three-way dances, see a few ways to do it, right? So the one way to have a three-way dance is bell, bell rings. The other way is to have spot after spot after spot after spot, 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 you know, used by that. Like that's how you do it. I understand you want to put more star power in the match. I just thought of a dance to determine this. Well, it seemed like they, they okay, we can't have Cody win this thing because he's still going to do his thing with Brock. Right. Oh, we'll make just a bunch of triple threat matches. That way uh, Brock can come in and interfere and it's not a big deal <laughs> for anybody else. Like, right, like it, it just seems like they overthought this uh, just a little too much. And to, to your point, why matches. are the finals the same night? Like when I saw them, I was like, Wait, that's tonight? Like, I don't understand. And then it's going to feel even more, you know, sped up tomorrow on SmackDown when you're doing it in a two-hour show. Because I assume it's the same layout, right? I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know because I was I was surprised watching on Monday. So they could just do the two three-ways and then to try to, again, stretch it out, yeah. have the final on SmackDown next week. Um because obviously you've got the bloodline thing and they've got some other things they want to get to on Monday night, excuse me, on, on Friday night SmackDown. So it's having SmackDown involved with it just kind of made the whole thing convoluted to me. And I, I wish they would have avoided that. Yep. Um, but I mean, it'll be the one thing is like, yeah, we got a good match. I agree. It's telegraphed. It's going to end up being Rollins. Like, is there any chance or anyone on SmackDown you can make a case for that? Maybe they put the belt on them. Who are the, who are the contenders? Edge. AJ Styles, Edge, and Ray are in one match. Theory, Lashley, and Sheamus are the other. Um, Lashley. Option Lashley. Eh. What's wrong with, who's coming out Edge? of there? Who's, who's coming out of SmackDown, by the way? Who do we think it is? Because that's not that's 
I'm not I'm not inspired necessarily by anyone on that list other than AJ. Like I I could be excited for AJ Seth. Like I could get behind that. Wait, wait. What's wrong with Bobby Lashley? What's wrong with Lashley? Man, he's always just dull to me. He's just he's just a guy with muscles. No, hey, look. Don't I'm I am completely fine with Bobby Lashley. They've booked him like a dumbass the last 2 months. That's my problem with Bobby Lashley. They've made him look dumb the last 2 or 3 months. Like, he was just in a triple threat. Like, I literally just saw him in a triple threat with Austin Theory and a match that he was made to look like the dumbass. You call Bobby Lashley dull. What the hell is that? He doesn't do it for me. Like, among those six, like, I'd be okay with, like, one last edge run. That could be fun. Like, I agree, AJ versus Rollins. The rest of it, I mean, I feel like it's going to end up being Theory. So you could do him versus Rollins. No, better not be that. I'll leave the show. It better not be that. <laughs> that du- dual champion theory. No, no. But but you know what? I think it could be Edge, and then it'd be Edge against uh, Rollins wins. Edge retires. Yeah. How about fine. that? Ooh. Edge puts him over on the way out. I'm yep. good with that because Edge. I think this is Edge's last year, guys. Edge's last year. Yeah. So how? Yeah. How about that? Like Seth's win back, Seth, gets, and then Edge retires. I could get behind that. Plus, with Edge, like you could sell me on. I, I would still, in ninety-five percent of my brain, think that Seth Rollins is going to win. But with Edge, he's got nothing else going on. He's not entangled really with anyone at this point. So you could convince me, like, oh, he's just the singles guy. He's a legend. Yeah, he could make the shift over to Raw. Like, I could see you trying to swerve me and, and do it that way for Edge. So I can at least convince five percent of my brain that maybe Edge could beat Seth Rollins. Whereas, like, they're not separating AJ. Like, as much as I would love to watch AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, like, you're not separating AJ from the OC. Like, he was just went over with all of them. He's the only one that has any juice of that group right now. If you're going to do something with that group, it has to be with AJ Styles as a part of it. So, eh, I mean, maybe Bobby, I guess, you could talk me into. But, again, you keep booking him to lose to Austin Theory. So, Right, but this guy. I hear says that he's a just a big just muscles. He's a Vince guy. Yeah, that's all I see when I, I see mean, Lashley. He is he is a big guy with muscles, <laughs> but he's better than what Brian Rowitz is telling us. I, I guarantee you this. Like if if he somehow like got out of his WWE contract and wrestled some intergender match mm. out in Idaho, and Rowitz somehow <laughs> called it on Fight TV, like he would be. I can't believe they let this guy go. I need to see that out of him. You're right. I need to see that. I've seen too much of him versus Terry the last year. So the guy goes to WWE, comes back, and he still looks the same. And hasn't aged a day. Yeah, hasn't aged a day. You're right. And this guy is is shitting on him. Unbelievable. I'm just saying. I don't think he's great at promos. I think he's just he's just a guy. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Hood is not happy right now. Um, yeah, I'm I'm surprised because I don't I don't know how they're gonna fill out Knight of Champions. Again, I, I just assumed that because initially this was going to be King and Queen of the Ring, right? That they were going to have at least 
some sort of a tournament, like have the semifinals and final, you know, that the two semifinal matches will kick off the night. You have the final main event, but Sammy and KO aren't going to be wrestling at night of champions. Like, so now is on the poster, by the way, for, so take that for what you want. Of course, like even Roman, even Roman can't get out of the, you know, the crown prince money, like crown prince pays you so much money. The, (laughs) the universal undisputed champion is showing up. Roman, I think. Roman, Roman again. Two, I mean, we assume it has to be someone for SmackDown, right? I mean, or do, is that an assumption at this point? Like, we don't know for sure. I mean, I feel like one of these six, like these are the six guys they're telling you are the legit contenders. But I got nothing. <sighs> uh, does, the crown, does the crown prince want Roman? Roman and Gunther? Man. Well, Gunther's over on Raw now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the Prince wants, it doesn't matter anymore. This whole draft nonsense doesn't matter. Can you give him Ray? Like, they seem to like the legends over there, like Roman versus Ray. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's no legit shot. I mean, Roman's not dropping the title that night anyway. It's day number 1,000, but like, Unless they speed up the bloodline stuff and end up being solo or Jay. I swear to God, if they work out a contract with Bill Goldberg in time go. for Night of Champions, we're talking. I swear to God, I will not watch this show. <laughs> if, it's, if they try to You're do spear versus spear. You're not excited about a potential premium live event that has Austin Theory and Goldberg competing for world titles? <laughs> yeah, does it do it for you? No, no, that would not. Okay. That would not. Because, I mean, Goldberg's a free agent, and they keep yes. talking about – I keep seeing these rumors, you know, like maybe AEW would be interested, but there's no way AEW would be interested. Like the dude – I don't know who no he – way, right? I, I don't know who he wrestles over on AEW's roster at this point. Or so – the only well, thing that makes sense it has to be Orange Cassidy, of course. Is <laughs> the only thing that makes sense to me is WWE comes to an agreement. He gets his retirement match over in Saudi. That way, they can take the the, the crown the, the crown prince's money, give more of it to Goldberg, send him off on his merry way after he eats a spear from Roman Reigns. So Roman Taker, it is great. <laughs> So we get Roman and Taker, but anyway. Biker Taker, because because right. that Taker, because the Dead Man Taker, oh, it's it's yeah. he's coming into Limp Biscuit. He's going to keep rolling, 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 rolling. So this is totally different. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> different. Not even close to the same. Oh man, I I really hope they clear that up. They clear that picture up soon because uh, again, Go- Bill Goldberg entering my mind there just makes me very very <laughs> unhappy. What do we got at number three, Brian? Last night, a jam-packed AEW Dynamite. The return of Miro. The return of Thunder Rosa. Don Callis turns on Kenny Omega. And a Tony Khan announcement for an announcement coming next week. What was the biggest thing to come out of Dynamite last night? Um, I think, well, we already all know what the announcement is because he pretty much said it without saying it because he (laughs) teased. Hey, we've got so much. We've got so much. Such a big roster and so many people willing to do things. I think we can create more content. So next week, I'm going to tell you... (laughs) That collision is coming Saturday nights, even though we already happen to know it. So, um, I, I, do they save CM Punk for the first one? 
because they said his name for the first time. I feel they like did. in Forever last night with they um, showed him like in the yep. highlights with MJF because they had different promo packages for the four pillars to promote that match. Um, I, I honestly last night the biggest thing for me was Don Callis turning on Kenny. Um, I think it had been hinted at, but the fact that they actually went through with it and Brian Danielson just cackling the entire time on commentary was mm, spectacular. Uh, so I am going to say Don Callis turning on Kenny because now I'm intrigued. Like, okay, so what is Don? I mean, I know he's boys with Jericho, but he's not going to just like float over to the JAS. Like, what is Don Callis without Kenny Omega on AEW television? I'm curious. I'm intrigued by what that means and what that is. So I would say Don Callis turning is uh, my biggest thing. First of all, great crowd in Detroit for Dynamite. I thought it was a fantastic crowd in Detroit. So, okay. There's always, okay. So I'll ask the question. And in a fantastic cage match, where are the young bucks into Keshida? How come they didn't hit the ring? Where the, where, do you guys know? Well, the young the young bucks got taken out early in the match because they did before the match yeah, even the started. They before. yeah they had the brawl before, so that I think more or less explained why the young bucks with Takeshita. Who knows? Like I don't know if is Don Callis going to convince Takeshita to up with the BCC now that he's like turned his back on Kenny. And maybe that's why they take, you know, keep Takeshino away. But I thought that the purpose of the pre-match kind of brawl with Wheeler Yuta and Claudio taking out the young bucks was so they're just nowhere to be found when Callus turns on him. Yeah. I think like that to me, like it's intriguing with Callus. I feel like Callus can almost fill the regal role in the BCC. I do think Takeshi ends up turning, especially because they've sort of planted those seeds. They did it with Yuta where, like, you have to bleed for the Blackpool Combat Club. Callis did that. Takeshi did that. So, like, it's an easy transition there. I love the storyline. I think it'll be fun. To me, though, the biggest thing is Miro. Like, it was a little thing where it was just backstage, didn't say a word. I think there's so much potential with him. and They've dropped the ball with him so far from day one when he's, you know, a video gamer on screen because he's big bad Miro, of course. So hopefully this is the one where they're able to really just take it off and running and let him be the badass that he is. Yeah. So I, I, I think that Danielson is on his way to being a mega heel. That's what oh, I Oh, yeah. I mean, we're seeing that. Him on yeah. commentary was fantastic. Well, that commentary was great. And it set the mood. Uh, and so that, I think that's big. Back, but she was already kind of with the company. So he was already there, Thunder Rosa, so that um, they really turned up the heat big time on Dynamite. They really did. Yeah, I thought, yeah. And honestly, the I mean, Anna, Anna JAS and Julia Hart put together a, a really yeah. good, you know, street fight, no rules match, which was great for Julia Hart to me going over there. Um, yeah, they, they set up some quality things. Again, of course, Orange Cassidy retains, you know, the, the modern day Iron Man, <laughs> just continuing to put out match after match after match every single week. And I love how now part of his story is that he's wrestling so much. Like he has 6,000 injuries. He's the Black Knight from Mighty <laughs> Python and the Holy Grail. Like, oh, his, his, his knees bothering him. Oh, his hands bothering him. Like he's, he's running out of appendages that can be injured. Like, I don't know how he's 
able to walk out to the ring at all because he's just so beat up from wrestling match after match after match after match. Um, so that was, yeah, it was a, it was a great episode of, of Dynamite last night. A lot of different things to choose from. I'm excited for Miro. But I guess I've just gotten to the point, Brian, where I'm all right. I'll believe it when I see it because sure. I thought they had something going with his redeemer character. Um, I enjoyed that. Again, led to one of my favorite T-shirts of all time from Eddie Kingston that said <laughs> "Redeem these nuts." Right, um, yep. Spectacular T-shirts. You know, tip of the cap there to Eddie. Uh, but I, I thought they had something. <laughs> I thought they had something going with the redeemer, and they just kind of let that fizzle out. So I'm excited for it. I, I hope he has a prominent spot. Uh, presumably at collision or on collision, but I'll believe it when I see it at this point with Miro. Yeah. Cause it almost feels like off of that, off of him, off the Thunder Rosa thing that like the Saturday show is basically going to be, I guess the timeout show like, Hey punk, like, Hey Thunder Rosa. Like a lot of people aren't really fans of you in the back. So you got to go work on your own show. Like it's almost like the outcast show over there. Cause Thunder Rosa, like where does she fit in right now? Because there's so many pieces to the storylines they're doing with the outcast. Like, it's, I'm curious to see where she fits in. And they're openly, it's one other thing, by the way, for like to read dirt sheets and see things on social media about how Thunder Rosa isn't received well by the women's background. It's another to run a show right after Dynamite where your biggest woman star is openly saying it. Like there's, there's, there's a difference between rumors and then somebody actually confirming the rumor yep. on state-sanctioned television. <laughs> that is accurate. So maybe Thunder Rosa and Jade Cargill go after it, opponent, because that, yeah. that whole thing with Britt, that's not a thing. There's heat. Maybe she moves over to Jade. Maybe that's an idea. I mean, they don't have anyone else that can beat Jade and win the title. Like, they've built up no one for that. So I guess Thunder Rosa is built up enough to where if she wins that belt and ends the streak well, if, or something. If it's not Taya, I, yeah, I would fantasy book. Yeah, I'm not giving up the, on the Taya Valkyrie thing. There should that's who I'm rooting for there. Yeah. <laughs> well, if... Uh, I'm rooting for... If it's not Taya, is it Mercedes? <sighs> Forbidden Door 2. It, but is that beneath she her? Is she coming? Forbidden Door? Is she going to be there? Uh, why not? Um, hey, if I'm fantasy booking it, she is. Yeah, I just if, I'm in, if like, I'm in charge of Forbidden Door, I don't have Forbidden Door without Mercedes Monet. Fair. The thing with that though is that like, and Jade has improved a lot over the last year, but like, she's not a Mercedes level to where like, are you almost wasting your Mercedes Monet like one time appearance if you're doing it with Jade? Yeah, but if you, but it's not a one time appearance if she beats Jade and becomes the TBS champion. Yeah, Like she's no longer the, I don't know if they're going to be doing champion versus champion things the way that WWE used to do with Survivor Series. And when they pretended Raw and SmackDown were actually separate shows, which I'm assuming we're, by the way, going to get this year at Survivor Series. But I mean, show pride. Um, but with Mercedes, with her no longer being the New Japan Pro Wrestling, the IWGP Women's Champion, you know, she's like, she, you can kind of put her in, in wherever you want to. I'm, Ultimately, I think the, the best match would be her and Britt because those mm -hmm. would be the two biggest women stars that each promotion would have to offer. But I, I could see it. I mean, maybe you put her over, give her a TBS championship and put her on t and, you know, keep her around AEW. I, I don't know what if, if that would be something that would be interesting to her, but I, you have to find a way to me to put Mercedes on Forbidden Door. I agree with that part. All I, all I know is 
that uh, AW, the way they bully on, on fire, guys, they're doing a really good job. They're on their way here. They got a couple of pay-per-views. The fronts are coming for Warner. So it's, I think, I think they're trying to get their shit together. I well, hopefully we don't end up in the same cycle we did last year, though, Jay Hood, because this is when they got their shit together last year, too. Like, they had a really good build, had a really good double or nothing, and granted there were some injuries, obviously the first one being to CM Punk, who won the world championship at double or nothing last year, which is crazy to think about that he won the world championship almost a year ago at this point. It's, like, insane. But... <laughs> But they had a really good pay-per-view. They had a really good build to the pay-per-view where we sat here and going, whew, man, their product is hot. And then everything in terms of internally at AEW got put on hold so they could build for for uh, Forbidden Door, which was a fun pay-per-view, but it it came at the cost of building other internal storylines that then you, you had to put on the back burner and cooled off by the time you got back around to it after Forbidden Door. So it's a tough thing to juggle when you're having this pay-per-view that you know is going to be a great seller. You know, they're putting it in Toronto this year, so you know it's going to be, it, 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 it's going to sell out. You know it's going to have a really good crowd, but at the same time, you still have to put on television every week. And how much are you willing to put on the back burner so you can have this one-off show that you do now every year? Well, I mean, they're going to be a lot more TV time now, so maybe that sort of helps where they're able to allocate, you know, X amount of hours for this. But and then still Is there? What's Collision? Collision's not starting until July, right? Oh, is it that late? I thought I'm going to, uh, I guess you're right. So, so who's in charge of watching that show? Who's, I know, like, it's just so, and like, do they just oh, admit at one point no one's watching Rampage? Oh no! They, the the latest rumor I saw is that Rampage was going to be the style of of what uh, Sunday Night Heat used to be, which oh good, like, like so we get the same McMahon and the coach. It's, it's, we it's, we get? No, I mean we're gonna awesome. get. That's where we're gonna see our guy Danny Magic do commentary. Like that's <laughs> like it's just pretty much you know they're putting dark or or, or dark elevation on television, and that's where they're gonna put a lot of the young talent. Um, so I yeah, that, that's good where you know your Friday night might open up, but if CM Punk's on that show, I'm I'm watching it every week. Yeah, June seventeenth, by the way, it's expected the debut of Collision. So right, so yeah, that did really help the Forbidden Door aspect. We talk so many shows that they have. have. It's content. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers wants the content. There's no what difference do they in do? our company. Hey, Gabe. I need you to do your you do a golf show. Yeah. You do the wrestling show. I need you to mm-hmm. fill in and do show. I want you to do the network. More different than than all of them. Uh, bro. It's I need you to take care of the TV. Take care. I need you to take care of the wrestling show. Like Hood, I want you to do everything, including wash the cars. Do eighteen <laughs> cast. I mean that's. I mean so same thing with AW. You can't Here's a question. Even though it dilutes, even though it dilutes the product, you can't say right. No, you can't say no, especially when, again, the rumored contracts that are out there. I know this is in news and notes, but yeah. when when the rumored contract is five years, one billion dollars, you can't say no to that. Like you're you're in this to make money and put on a product. Here's my question. So typically. Um, and I guess they've kind of got away from, I think this has only been just the last pay-per-view of the year, 
But when they have full gear, which has been on a Saturday because they don't want to compete against NFL stuff on Sundays, what are they going to do with Collision on Saturday? They're going to have Collision and the pay-per-view on Saturdays? Or also, what about like this time of year when Rampage gets moved? Like Rampage is Saturday this week. Do they just outright cancel Rampage on those weeks? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably, I mean, if it's going to be Sunday night heat, who gives a rip? Like, if it's heat, you know, like, oh, oh, it's a Sunday night heat. Shucks. Missed heat this week. I didn't see Val Venus wrestle. Like, come on. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that's some bangers, man. They had some bangers. The third, the, the third tier wrestler didn't get a chance to wrestle. That's one. Vince never watched that show. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he would never be a gorilla. He'd never watch the Sunday night heat match. No, that Friday afternoon, the the four thirty in the afternoon in the old TRL spot from MTV. So they, they go there and then then Saturday should whatever you have on that show should ramp up to the pay per view. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, still, that, I mean, well, what's, that, the, what's the yeah? Wait a minute, what's the yeah? Because it's just it's adding like those pay per view nights are so long already, and now you're gonna add another hour or two hours, two, in front of two it. hours, two, yeah. two <laughs> hours like AEW pay per views because they only have four at well, I mean, even though now it's six this year because you right. have Forbidden Door, you've got All In over at Wembley, like those things are like seven hours long because they have to like jam so many matches in them. Like you want me to watch nine hours of wrestling on a Saturday, Jay Hood? I know it's hard to believe, but I have a life, man. My wife is going to be bro- sideways. Yeah, bro, it's with the yeah. It's like like too much. And then you're gonna throw in like, college football also. Like, how does we're that re- fit in? Like, we're we're wrestling fans. What else do we have to do? I mean, serious. You just you just you said it. I've got, I've got a golf show, so I got a golf to watch. I got a I got a, a a post game show for the NFL that I got to do up here. Got to be watching those. Like I got I got a lot of stuff on my list, man. <laughs> I love the bro. You said too much wrestling. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, if if he is saying if if, if Broitz is saying it's too much wrestling, that's how you know it's too much wrestling. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but again, it's not just wrestling, guys. It, it's punk. It's yes. Miro. It, it's not no. like the a typical the a typical Saturday. Typical yeah. Saturday, cool Saturday of a pay, or Saturday of the pay per view. No, no, that's too much. And Saturday in the fall with football, like come on, say no. We don't say no to I get it from their standpoint. I get it. Like, there's a billion dollars in front of you. Hey, produce more content. They're not saying no to that. I get that part. But the the question still stands on this this program. Who's in charge of watching that? Oh, it'll be me. I got it. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, no, I'm, I'm watching as long as Punk's on it. Yeah, no, I'm all in. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? No I mean, am I gonna am I gonna watch it live? No, but it's no. not like I watch Monday night. It's not like during the football season I'm watching Monday Night Raw live either. Like, let's be honest here. That's yeah. the Lord. The, the 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 Lord was wise enough to give us DVR for a reason, Jay Hood. That's so I can forward through Austin Theory promos. What do we have this <laughs> week? 
in news and notes. We talked about that TV deal. Reports out that next Wednesday it will be announced. The new AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery TV deal. Five years are reported billion dollars. AEW Collision will be part of that. In January of 2020 is when they signed a four-year, $175 million extension, by the way. Yeah, uh, makes all the sense. I mean, we, we basically just talked about this. Right, yes. um, yeah, if, if somebody's dangling a billion dollars in front of you and you're still Tony Khan, like I have no idea how much money Tony Khan has poured into this, how much money he's making. It's not like WWE, where they're a publicly traded company now and you have those quarterly revenue calls, you know, mm-hmm. so you know the health of the company. I don't know if Tony Profit is... Making a profit, Tony Khan is making a profit at this point. I don't know if he isn't. My guess is that he is, um, that they have found a way to make this company profitable. But when somebody's willing to give you that much money, you can't turn it down. So, again, collision makes a ton of sense from that. You, you just hope that it doesn't get into WCW territory where you're just producing so much content and it's difficult to consume it all that it ultimately ends up being a detriment to your company, despite the billion dollars being the engine that makes everything run. Uh, this is when you need multiple bookers, guys. Yes. That, that's when you need multiple bookers. That's the problem, right? The the idea, because Tony Khan says, I'm the only guy that books, and that's a problem. To me, this could be, this Saturday show could be totally different than you get on Wednesday nights and definitely on Fridays. Yep. And I also like to know, is Excalibur going to call that too? Because that's also going to be running it into the ground. You can't have that. Can't have it. Daddy Magic, baby. I'm okay with Paul White and Daddy Magic calling it. I got no yeah. problem with that. And also, well, you have, I mean, Tony's still booking Ring of Honor also. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You only have so much bandwidth. Then now, now, here's the thing. When it comes to ROH, it's not even booking. It's matchmaking. There's, yeah. a, difference, there's a difference between the two, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between band, like, I like this match. Again, I like this person against this person, this tag team match, and this trios match. Okay, what's the story? I don't know. Just put them in the ring. They'll be bangers. It's not the same. He gave us a double Jeopardy match last night. I mean, that was good booking. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, but but I didn't see Ashley Judd once. I was very disappointed. Yeah. See, that's the whole thing with it. Like, you can book matches together, but can you do really meaningful stories on the Saturday show? And I don't know the answer. In terms of money-making, 60,000 tickets at least sold for All In already at Wembley is expected to be the largest paid attendance for a pro wrestling show since 2016 WrestleMania at Jerry World. Also, speaking of All In, Dave Meltzer reporting that Will Ospreay will be on that show. So does that mean that that's the rubber match? That's, That's Omega. So we get Ospreay Omega at Forbidden Door, and then we get the rubber match at All In. But what about Omega and Punk? Uh. <laughs> well, to me, that's Punk Jericho. That's what we're getting. Yeah. Okay. At Wembley, I think Jericho will do business. Well, Jericho will do business with anybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jericho. Yeah. yeah. Jer- yeah. I mean, Jericho's Jericho's hated Punk for years and has done business <laughs> with Punk for a long time. Like they're they'll be fine. That's it's funny. Fine. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that that's what we're getting, and whoever's in the it's funny because that has nothing to do with the brawl brawl out. Jericho's on the outside of it. Yeah. But I still think they have a really good match. Well, yeah, yeah, and Jericho's I mean, Jericho's made comments definitely within the last year about CM Punk, which has led to Punk saying things in return. So we know those guys don't like each other. And you're still building off of the same feeling of brawl out, but you have a different stand-in, more or less, of hey, we know the issues these two guys have is real, which 
hopefully would lead to a pretty good match for All In. As for the 60,000 tickets, good for them. Like, even if they don't sell another ticket between now and then, like, I mean, how many did they have at SummerSlam last year? I mean, that place wasn't sold out, wasn't packed right. to the gills, but they still made it feel really like a big time crowd, right? Like they felt made it feel really good. And I think you can do the same thing at Wembley, even though it holds 90 and you have 60, you got that thing. I mean, this is going to be fine. 60 without anything announced for the card. Like there's rumors and we all can, you know, speculate in fantasy book, but there's zero names announced for this card. And they're at 60 right now. Before this is done, guys, this will be 75 or 80. And but yeah. whatever the number is, it's so impressive. Oh, it's already impressive. Yes, 100%. My God, how many matches and how many cards were it like at, for world class at, at the Cotton Bowl or um, the original Cowboy Stadium? And it was just like half a house. Old Comiskey Park in Chicago. They draw well, but nothing like this. At least big crowds, but not a gate like this. That's the difference. Yep. There's been stadium mm-hmm. shows before, but the dollar was the top dollar, hundred bucks. It's right. different here. I mean, that's why I think we're all impressed. You're supposed to be the number two, you know, um, company in North America, and you're drawing that. That's so impressive, man. That's so crazy. And again, they've become the WWE because again, we'll talk about it every week. MJF on the top of that card as heavyweight champion. That sounds like the opener more so than the than the main event. Interesting. Unless it's against Sting. <laughs> Sting. It's and that Sting. Sting farewell. <laughs> Could you imagine at the top of the card? It's Sting. <laughs> and they go, way to put him there, because they love to have that end the show. Yeah. Finally, in news and notes, Fightful Selexis, Drew McIntyre, who we have not seen since WrestleMania 39. His deal is set to expire in early 2024 before WrestleMania. He reportedly is operating as if WrestleMania 39 was his last WrestleMania. There is, quote, frustration and lack of communication between him and the front office. <sighs> There's no chance he gets released from that thing and is able to make Wembley, correct? There's no way Vince would be that dumb. Too bad. Right? I mean, if he's if he's not going to be at WWE, and it's a shame because he's done some very significant storytelling. He carried them. He was their champ that carried them through the pandemic. Um I would love to see him at Wembley. It'd be great for him to get that payoff at Wembley for AEW if that was his debut. But if the contract expires early 24, there's no way he's going to be able to get out of it and have any sort of non-compete expire before, you know, before. They got to work out some sort of trade. Like what can Tony offer to Vince to sort of make that worth it? MJF early? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. I like it. I you think. Next week on GKW, fantasy trades between AEW and WWE. It'll, we'll do that. Oh, 100%. 100%. The way, just between us, if McIntyre was on that card at Wembley, middle of the card. Yeah, but it's a great – but if he but if he makes that debut middle of the card, like that's a huge pop. If I what, Can I get Osprey and McIntyre? that would be wild Um, what did you boys have for your match of the week Uh, really liked uh, Rollins and Balor on Raw really liked Kenny against Mox the cage match uh, on Dynamite I thought that on Smackdown to set the tone for Puerto Rico the main event was good there too Ray and Zelina against uh, Mysterio 
No, Ray and Zelina against uh, Dom Dom and Dom Dom. Yep, very good. So it's funny, like I think this is an awesome week of wrestling because I didn't have any of those matches listed. I have Rollins knocking Priest. I think the triple threat match was really good. Um, Claudio and Phoenix from last night, spectacular. You know, weird booking and stipulation. <laughs> no, you don't have a say. You have in that what? match. Sorry, you're what? out. Go ahead. What? He's the second best wrestler in the world. No, no, no. No, no. You're out. Next. You don't get to, <laughs> no, you don't get to comment on Ray Phoenix anymore. You quit him. No, oh, I didn't. Him. I just put him at number two. That's all I did. It's not my fault the younger, more explosive athletic version of him came along in Vikingo. <laughs> it's not my fault. That's not right. That's Tony's fault yeah. for exposing me to Vikingo. Mm-hmm. Should, that's Tony's fault. Tony should have never done that. You're you're banned from talking about Ray. <laughs> banned. You're done. Well, we are going to get Claudio and Ray in the ring again because now Claudio and a partner will challenge for the ROH tag titles. And then from Backlash, Bianca and EO was awesome. I yes. think, you know, you talk about Bianca going to the next level. She did it on Saturday. And we talked about it on the street fight. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, like, just fun wrestling. Like maybe not a <clears throat> classic, but just a fun wrestling match. My favorite thing about um, that street fight was it basically had an intermission so Bad Bunny could catch his <laughs> breath. You know, with with like the run-ins. <laughs> like so you know you're not paying attention to anything that's happening in the ring. It's all what's happening on the ramp with um, all the different you know, I, I guess uh, Carlito came down to the ring, but yeah. so much of it happened on the ramp. But it, it was pretty much like an intermission to to allow Bad Bunny because it was a long match, man. Like yeah. Got to let that guy who doesn't run the ropes every single week catch his breath, you know? So let's have this big old intermission with all these run-ins because it's a San Juan street fight. I love that. Uh, like you said, EO Sky just – and the way EO just seemingly fed off the crowd, you know, when she climbed to the top rope and did her moonsault to the, to the you know, um, to the floor was fantastic. That was one of my favorites. Um, and I'm with you, uh, Jay Hood. Uh, the main event of Monday Night Raw, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. I wish they wouldn't. I wish they would have waited a week to just kind of let that build a little bit more, especially because the rest of the show, they're like, oh, it's a big rematch. And, you know, like, oh, Finn surprised Seth the last time that they had something like this on the line. I think you could have built up to that more instead of just having it on the same night. But I will say I was surprised they acknowledged that match so much because usually the WWE active wrestling fans don't remember anything outside of a week ago. So this was years ago. But that's Hunter. In the ring. Yeah. That's that's the Hunter influence, man. You know, that's that that's Hunter trying to again talking about trying to tell long, meaningful stories. Him reaching back and trying to extend that. That's like the power bomb in the match, acknowledging that's you know how Finn got hurt. I was like, oh, look at them respecting our you know memories. Bam. That's <laughs> bam. I mean, Ray Phoenix and Claudio was a banger. It was a banger. Okay. Was, again. again. You turn your back on him. You're done. You don't. You, I, I, I mean, didn't. He's the second. There's nothing wrong with being the second best wrestler in the world. I just, I mean, you had the audience going. Ray Phoenix, heavyweight champion. Everyone had that vision. And then you just took it away from them. You well, took it away from them. This is a Again, bad. like, Vikingo came along. Like, Vikingo is just a younger version of Ray. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just hotter. That's all. <laughs> you got, you're damn right he is. Damn right he is. That's why he's just hotter than than, than Ray. <laughs> just the, the one footnote about Bianca. Um, I've been asking for weeks for her to raise the yeah. bar. This is the best wrestling she's had in her career. 100%. Yeah. 
he's been fantastic. Um, love that match against EO Sky. That and it just I just feel great about the business right now. This is yeah. I mean, this is outstanding here. It's been a good week or two here. It's been a good two week run, I think, and I hope it continues. Like I'm, I'm hoping it continues for the build up um, tomorrow night with SmackDown and with what's soon to be AEW's version of Sunday Night Heat. Can't imagine that show is going to get, you know, a lot of attention going forward, but that's not our fault. Uh, but again, what kind of side swipe is that? What is, what is, you guys just said you're going to watch it. I asked who's going to be presiding. No, I thought, I'll watch Saturday. I'm talking about yeah. Friday nights. I'm talking about Rampage. Rampage oh. is <laughs> Rampage is probably going to get cut out of, of, like the, Rampage, of the rotation. I had to be in the building to watch a full Rampage. It was the first time watching a full one in a while. It's because I was literally in the building at sunrise. I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I'll watch this. Although I will tell you, Rampage is usually a good place if you're looking. If it's been a light week and you're looking for a good match of the week, the yeah. openers and the enders they yeah. usually put on pretty good matches. They don't make any sense, and they're not going to be you know brought up on Wednesday nights. But the matches themselves are going to be very very good. But Rampage um, is a twenty minute watch. It's not an hour watch. It's very true. Um, it is like Jay Hood said. It's been a great week. Probably two weeks of professional wrestling. Hopefully, we continue to build about it. We're going to talk about it no matter what. We're going to do it next week right here on GKW.